Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Soft Web Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to Soft Rep Radio, Soft Rep Radio on time, on target. I am your host this morning, Steve Balistrieri. Joining me, we have a very special guest with us, Pete Hexet from Fox Nation. Also, uh, he's the co-host of uh, the weekend show on Fox and uh, Pete's an ex-military man. Uh, I think his his record speaks for itself. So let's jump right in. Uh, time is short for Pete today. So we're going to jump right in. And Pete, welcome to Software Radio. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. Steve, thank you so much. Thanks for everything you've done. And I uh, appreciate everything SoftRep does as well. Yes. And, you know, before we start, I have to mention one thing. I, I think your, you know, your courage is beyond question. But this weekend I was watching on the weekend show and they replayed a, 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 a clip from when <laughs> you went through the uh, – the pain of giving birth. And I, I was like, pizza braver man than myself. 
I'm only I'm glad that the, the, the ladies in our lives have to endure that, not us. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I could I would never do that on film. So uh hats <laughs> off to you on that one. Thanks. Uh but uh jumping right in, uh Soft Rep Radio and Fox Nation is is joining together. Uh why don't yeah. you uh explain to our listeners what th- this is all about? Yeah, it's really cool. So this is your your listeners have it's a huge veterans and military uh population and for the week of may 24th to may 31st so for memorial day weekend fox nation is going to be giving away free subscriptions uh to veterans and military members so anybody who served um and and wants to get fox nation go to foxnation.com sign up for a free year of it uh it's worth a while i mean i i the simple way of thinking of Fox Nation is it's Netflix for conservatives and patriots, uh, people who, you know, who, who love our country, law enforcement, military. Uh, you'll really love the content that's on there. So just go to foxnation.com if you're a vet or a military member, and it's free for a year. Absolutely. And, you know, that, that's going to be an excellent week. Uh, you know, we, we're, uh, we've been working behind the scenes and you know, we're uh, we're reviewing a bunch of the shows on Fox Nation. I think our listeners are really going to get into this. But uh, let's talk about you for a little bit. You know, with so much going on in the news right now, as an ex-military veteran um, who served in Iraq, you uh, served in Afghanistan, uh, you also served in Gitmo. You know, what what's your take on the withdrawal for, uh, you know, the U.S. troops in Afghanistan? It's a tough one, Steve. It really is. I mean, I, the thing is, I served in Afghanistan about 10 years ago, and the writing was on the wall even then of mm-hmm. who, had, who the real power base was in Afghanistan. It's a country with no history of central governance, no, no national power structure, very tribal, as everyone knows. But you can't re, try to remake a country into something it isn't. And so I think it, for the right reasons, the United States and some allies, you know, attempted to put together a, an Afghan national army, an Afghan national police with a national identity. And ultimately, the question is, can that structure withhold the Taliban? And 10 years ago, uh, the writing was already on the wall that unfortunately, the Taliban are the real power brokers in Afghanistan. And they 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 maintain, you know, the, the criminality and the intimidation on the population, the population ultimately is making a calculation. Do I side with the Taliban who's going to be here for a hundred years? Or do I side with this new government that seems well-funded now and is backed by the Americans, but what happens when the Americans leave? And, and I, I think, you know, I've said for many years, we should wait for conditions on the ground and how it kind of changes. What if conditions on the ground, what if the condition on the ground is we're never going to meet the conditions on the ground because mm-hmm. it's just not the type of situation where you can nation build. So I support the withdrawal. I do. It's hard. It's 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 time. It's time for the Afghan government and people to stand on their own feet. There's no good options right now, but we've done our part, and ultimately it, it's up to them. And and we need to maintain enough of a presence to deal with, you know, Al Qaeda 2.0 should they ever attempt to do something like they did 20 years ago. But uh, it's time to go. And I think it was President Trump that really set the op tempo for us to realize that. Yeah. And, you know, basically, and I'm no big fan of President Biden, but, you know, what, you know, what position can he take at this point? I mean, the writing was on the wall, I I felt, and we've been gradually withdrawing troops. And I I think it's the right move to get us out of there. I don't know about the 
you know, the time frame and whatnot. That's for people way above my pay grade. But uh, I, I agree with you. I think it's time to get out. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you about, you know, the big thing today with our military listeners, is, you know, the great power competition with Russia and China. And it seems like the, you know, at least from some of our, uh, you know, reading and, and writing that we've been doing is it seems like that that area is starting to focus on Africa. Um, do you think this is an area where the United States should be involved in? Well, I think we have we have to reorient toward big power competition. There's no doubt. I mean, China is building a military mm -hmm. specifically designed to defeat the United States of America. Uh, and we've been spent the last 20 years in the Middle East uh, retrofitting a military to try to fight counterinsurgency and nation building. And what we really need to be prepared for is peer to peer conflict. And and they've been building, you know, they've got a Navy larger than ours. They're building hypersonic weapons. They're weaponizing space. Um, all of the the the, the digital aspects the cyber aspects that they've developed and then of course even old school stuff like chemical weapons and biological weapons which you know whether covid19 escaped or not they're responsible for it and and they're 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 playing around with with um horrific weapons of war that they conceivably would be willing to use if they think the time is right for them to replace the united states it's scary times and you mentioned africa what what and south america I mean, China is very effectively leveraging its its soft, so-called soft power, its financial weight uh, to try to create spheres of influence with vulnerable countries who take Chinese money and then they're beholden to them ultimately, uh, or they work with their militaries. If you think about big part of America's global strength has been partnerships uh, in countries around the world. China's trying to do the same thing and build a power structure parallel uh, to what the world has looked like under American dominance since World War II. So we can't we don't have to be everywhere all the time. We don't have to be nation building in these places, but partnerships uh, is, is important lest we give away entire continents to Chinese control, uh, which is not good for freedom in the world. If ultimately freedom is what we care about, the communist Chinese don't give a damn about that. And they're just trying to build their power. So I, I do think it's an important thing to keep our eyes on. Absolutely. I totally agree with that as well. Um, <clears throat> I have to ask you a personal question. How did you get into television? Was this strictly something that you had your eye on or, or did it just happen by chance? Uh, honestly, it happened by chance. Uh, it, I was in the military most most of my career in the National Guard, mobilized multiple times. And I ran a couple of veterans groups. One was called Vets for Freedom, another one called Concerned Veterans for America for years and years. And because of those positions, I ended up finding myself on TV as a commentator around veterans issues, military issues, foreign policy. And one day after years of doing that, you know, not for any company, do, I did MSNBC and CNN and lots of Fox and all of that. Fox at one point said, hey, have you ever thought about asking questions instead of answering them? And they gave me a shot to be a guest host on Fox and Friends weekend uh, many, many years ago now. It makes you feel old, uh, but it, it must have gone okay. And from there, I've just done more and more. And now, yeah, I, I did not anticipate I'd be wearing makeup uh, for a living. And now, now I am. But I, I'm, I'm grateful because I do, have a, a, I do have a different background. I didn't come at this from a journalist perspective, from uh, you know, local news. And those are all valuable assets. I just kind of went, did my thing, you know, doing the types of things we did, loving our country and fighting for it. And, you know, because of... The, the, the passion that I have for the topics, I, I hope that translates and 
And and now I take very seriously the responsibility of being one of a handful. I can't really think of other vets and military members in the, the national media. And so when, when issues come up like China or like the withdrawal from Afghanistan or what's happening in Israel right now, I've done a bunch of documentaries uh, about Israel, Battle in the Holy Land, Battle in the Holy City, uh, that are talking about the topics going on right now. I try, I'm very intentional about trying to get it right, to try to get people to understand what the military faces, what law enforcement faces, you know, having made some of those same split-second decision with lives on the line. And uh, I hope it brings an additional flavor to our coverage, uh, certainly at times when, when we're, we're asking questions about who the enemy is, how you find them, what you do about it, and what's it like to be carrying that rifle and making that decision. And I get a lot of texts from a lot of guys that I served with and who I've gotten to know, because if I get it wrong, I hear about it and, uh, and, <laughs> and I got to adjust fire. So it's, it's neat to be in that position. Yeah. And I know exactly what you're talking about because a lot of the uh, SF guys that I serve with, you know, always tell me now, now that I've become a quote unquote journalist that I've gone to the dark side. So, uh, yes. you know, I, I, I and as you know, I definitely feel, uh, what you're saying there and for yourself, obviously it's in a much larger uh, realm there, but I want to switch gears a little bit because you mentioned Israel. I know you've been there several times. You've met, uh, you know, Mr. Netanyahu. What's your opinion of him? Oh, I'm I'm a huge fan of Bibi Netanyahu. I think he has the interests of the, the Jewish people in the state of Israel at his core. I mean, this is another guy who's been on the battlefield, lost his brother. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he's, he knows what, what it's like he understands the i mean he and so much of the israeli people understand the existential nature they live in they're surrounded by countries that want to kill them that want to wipe them off the map and that's why it's a fundamentally right of center culture everyone serves there they get the fact that they have to fight for their very existence and i think Bibi netanyahu personifies that he's the longest standing prime minister in israel's history sure he's controversial there's plenty of people that want to get after him if you think we have a fake news media in the united states try the israeli press (laughs) They don't even have a Fox News equivalent uh, in Israel. It's all left-wing uh, television there. So he's up against a press corps that doesn't like him. Uh, obviously, their parliamentary system is far more complex. But you know what's going on now, I think, bodes hopefully bodes well for him, first, for the state of Israel. But second of all, politically, is they're looking for someone that can take on Hamas, which is you know so, so well-funded by Iran, uh, still committed to wiping Israel off the map, map, teaching their kids to hate Jews. And ultimately, they probably would have won the Palestinian elections if they had been held, which is a scary reality. So they're, they're at a tough moment there. And it's, it, yes, so far the Biden administration has said most of the right things, but the signals are mixed. And that, that empowers Hamas to try to uh, take advantage of the situation. Yes. And, you know, I've actually met uh, Mr. Netanyahu a couple of times very briefly, but I actually did get to meet him. He's a very impressive man. In fact, I, I through uh, through a good friend of mine, I was introduced to his family. I met and was able to uh, interview his brother on the third brother who led the raid on Entebbe. We did a story on that. And he sounds exactly like his brother when when we first got on the phone to to speak. I asked him if it was actually Benjamin because they sound so much alike. <laughs> and he, and he laughed and said, no, uh, we don't sound anything alike. And, uh, I begged to you know differ what? there. But, no, it's true. You know what the thing is, is, you know, when you're in the presence of people that, you know, when you're in the presence of greatness or in the presence of gravitas and you can kind of feel it, 
I mean, that's how mm-hmm. I felt sitting and, and meeting and interviewing BB Netanyahu. Uh, you can tell he understands the weight of the responsibility that he has. Absolutely. So, um, again, a, a personal note, uh, I know you once ran for Senate back in 2012. Any political aspirations, <laughs> especially with, uh, with how, uh, you know, I guess separated we are right now politically as a country? I can happily say no political aspirations. I'm quite <laughs> happy uh, doing what I'm doing. And I, I'd like to think that in this contentious environment, you know, information operations, the media is as important as anything else. Everyone plays a role. So uh, mm-hmm. I listen, if someday down the road there were to be a situation where it made sense, would I consider it? Maybe. But I'm not. It's so liberating to not be thinking about it. And I'm glad I didn't win in 2012. Frankly, I wasn't ready. <laughs> I talked about this on Fox last week. I, I would have been a terrible senator. Uh, so it's, it worked, you know, all, everything happens for a reason. God has a plan. And uh, I never would have foreseen where I am now doing what I'm doing. And, you know, plus politics is, you got to, you know, raise money. It's, it's, there's a lot of junk that goes with it. So that we can skip if we're in the media. I'd rather watch you on TV on the weekend be honest with you. but uh, i wouldn't wish being a, a, a politician on anyone right now but uh, but we need them i mean we need yeah, courageous we definitely. leadership more than ever for sure and i think we have a darth of leadership right now i think too many people on both sides of the aisle are putting party above the people and you oh, know yeah. that's that's def- just my opinion but uh, i know a lot of people feel that way and we we definitely need leaders today because we're entering into some contentious times. You know, we just mentioned Israel. They have all kinds of violence going on there. And the Middle East doesn't seem to be calming down uh, any. And now, uh, you know, we're moving on. Like you, we just mentioned Africa. And that We all know the problems they're having in the Sahel down there. So, And that's an mm-hmm. area where, where our allies, the French, are working in. So it doesn't seem like uh, the world we're living in is getting any easier. No, not even close. And to your point about politics, I mean, who are the two most popular uh, movement figures on both sides in the last couple of years? It's been Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. I mean, yes, I know Joe Biden won the nomination, but that was a reflection of sort of older power bases. Ultimately, when you were willing to speak for the forgotten men and women, and I think Bernie's wrong on everything, but he certainly taps into a sentiment of people who feel like politics has left them behind. Um, and, and Trump was rewarded for having the courage to speak up and say the things that, you know, we say around our dinner tables, but no one will say openly. Uh, You've you got to just say it and come out and stand for it. Otherwise, um, there's a lot of bad forces at work in our politics right now. Yeah. And uh, just yesterday, it, it was kind of surprising. I mean, uh, to see a letter written by, you know, what's it, 124 former flag officers of the U.S. military calling out the direction our country's going in that that's never really been done before. No, I think we're in uncharted territory here. I really do. I mean, you've got, uh, you've got an entire party and the Democrats effectively captured by the socialist wing. You've got new threads of uh, curriculum being taught in schools and not just, not just like, inner, you know, left wing schools and in, in, in big cities, but in school districts across the country that are being taught that, you know, if you're white, you're evil. And if you're black, you're a perpetual victim. And our country is founded in 1619 and is evil. And inherently, you can't keep a country that believes it, 
its own people and its own country is evil. And so we're, we're at that kind of moment where we're not getting closer together. We're getting further apart, uh, which it, we've always had disagreements. And America is far from a perfect country. But the idea was always to say, let's affirm those founding ideals and make them better, not reject them completely. And so when you, when you see that complete rejection uh, alongside your politicians now with a lot of power, we're totally untethered from reality and spending trillions and trillions and getting people hooked on government benefits and not uh, being willing to look for a job. That's a dangerous spot. They're not wrong. No. And uh, I wanted to mention your, your books. I know we're jumping around a lot here, but all right. I, I know your time is short with you. So we're, we're trying to jam as much of uh, information as we can in here. Um, you know, you, you wrote in the arena and American crusade, which in the arena was uh uh, kind of built off the quote by Teddy Roosevelt, which is one of my favorite yep. quotes of all time. But, uh, you know, your latest book, American Crusade, you know, uh, tell our leaders, uh, listeners, I should say, and readers, um, you know, a little bit about the genesis of what that book is about, because I think it's very important. It's about a lot, some of it has to do with my own metamorphosis uh, and my realizations, even four years after writing in the arena, that the problem is, is starker and deeper than anyone thought. And so the whole core of the book is about isms, leftism, socialism, multiculturalism, um, you know, Islamism, uh, all the genderism, all the things we're seeing, not racism, which is actually reverse racism when it's when the left uh, is involved with it and sort of understanding the depth of what we're up against and then a, a, a mm -hmm. call to metaphorical arms to say we need every single person in the fight for America right now because the left has been spent the last 100 years trying to remake the country. And I try to get specific about ways people can get involved, areas in which we need the most uh, reinforcements, frankly, and I think it's education. And frankly, actually, the solution section of the book is about Israel and learning from the state of Israel and education and how the left has captured that, taken it over, and we're, we've been paying for it ever since, not just in college with the lunacy there, but in K through 12. So, yeah, I, they're, they're definitely one book meant to update the previous book. And I also wrote one with Fox called Modern Warriors, which is about, um, you know, post 9-11 vets and some of the 15 amazing stories of what uh, what what guys have done since 9-11 to protect our country. That is a perfect segue because I was going right into uh, Modern Warriors and you wrote the book and you also had a, uh, a series on on Fox Nation and uh, about Modern Warriors. And some of those stories that uh, you guys did are fantastic. And I specifically wanted to ask you, how uh, enjoyable is that? As a veteran yourself, getting to hear all these different stories, getting to hear the different experiences of of guys who, whose period of service might be different from your own. Yeah, it's, it's a ton of fun. You know, the idea came twofold. One, you know, interviewing these guys on Fox and Friends, and you, you're done after three and a half minutes and you feel like, man, this could have gone for three hours, you know. So I wish I could tell the <laughs> deeper story of what this person has to tell. And then the other one was, one night I spent, I thought I was going to have a beer, one beer with Rob O'Neill, the guy that shot Bin Laden. And then three hours later, an untold number of beers later, I stammered out of the bar, having heard the entire <laughs> Bin Laden story and every other story from his background. And I thought, man, alive, that's one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. Wouldn't it be cool if we could bring a little bit of that 
to people. So Modern Warriors is this idea, let's get, you know, four guys in a room who have done amazing things for the country, get them a beer, feeling comfortable, kind of, you know, shooting, shooting the shit and let them, let them go. And let's hear their stories and let's hear how they feel about service and sacrifice and rules of engagement and the wars that we're fighting, political correctness, all of that, and let it go. So the series has been a lot of fun to put together. In fact, we're going to have a special episode of it for Memorial Day airing as well, where I'm sure we'll mention the promotion of vets and military uh, able to get uh, Fox Nation for free for a year. It's been neat to meet so many of these guys and tell their stories. Yeah, and we're, we're going to do uh, uh, a special edition on that where we're writing some stuff that's already um, getting ready to be published on that show as well. But I wanted to ask you about one specific episode because you mentioned Rob O'Neill. There was him and Eddie Gallagher and a couple of other, there was a SF uh, Colonel. Um, yep. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, there, Ma- Scott Mann. Yep. Scott Mann. And uh, there was a, a guy from the Ranger bat. Uh, it seemed like the wine and booze was flowing really well on, <laughs> at least on their part during that episode. Yeah, I can't, but once the cameras are off, it flows even more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the point, though, right? I mean, you've been with guys you served with. You have a couple of beers. You start chatting, and the real stories flow, right? The ones you're, you're, you want to hear and the honesty, the unvarnished side of it. That was a great group. We've had a lot of them. The one we just did, uh, we just filmed at the National Veterans Memorial and Museum in, in uh, Columbus, Ohio, on the rooftop there with, with four just amazing dudes. And uh, folks will, yeah, it's, it's, it is. And it's immediate. It's amazing how quickly everybody connects. You know how this is in the military. Like none of those four guys had served together specifically, but all the experiences were the same from a green beret to an army ranger to two Navy SEALs to a, you know, I'm just an army infantryman. Pretty, you're immediately connecting on, on, uh, on, on the, on the service aspect. So the, you guys are at Fox nation are going to continue to, uh, to film those. That's, that's yeah. going to, yep. oh, that's great because I love those. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of those now because like you said, once you get the guys in the room and they're surrounded by other vets, so then their guard comes down, like you said, and you could sense, you know, especially that one episode we were just mentioning, you know, as the episode went on, it seemed like they got more and more relaxed and yeah. the better the stories were coming up. For sure. So. Oh, yeah, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. So <clears throat> I know you did the seal swim a couple of years ago in the Hudson River, <laughs> um, and you, you freely mentioned how you struggled with that. Are you doing it again this year? Oh, man, are you trying to break news here? I don't know. Uh, I, so two years ago I did it and didn't. I needed a little bit of help from a jet ski to finish because I couldn't get past the current. Uh, last year I was able to do it. I finished the whole thing, even though it was a mile longer than the year before, because of, uh, one of the entry points was, was changed in the loca- or the exit points was changed. I don't know yet. I, I want mm-hmm. to, we'll see it. I got to get the training in this summer if I'm going to do it. Cause without training, those currents eat you alive. I'm telling you, I, I, I spent 25 minutes, 25 meters from the statue of Liberty and didn't move. And I was swimming as hard as I could. And that's how, <laughs> That's how yeah. strong the current is. These Navy SEALs are animals, uh, the way they swim. I'd like to. We'll see. I, I hope so. It's been a fun thing to do, and why not make it a third? Well, I was such a great swimmer in Special Forces. They put me on a mountain team. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hats, are, hats off to you, Pete, for even attempting that. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, 
I wouldn't want to swim with those dudes. They they're very good at what they do. Yeah, I mean, they look, <laughs> make you look like a like a fool, but I I do my yeah. best. Hey, that's it's all for the for the event. So uh, no, I I hope you get a chance to do it this year. But I you know again I I saw uh, on one of the shows where you mentioned you know having some issues there, and one of the seals helped you out a little bit. But um, pulled me through oh, the water. Yep. Yes. I noticed on the, you know, one of the modern vets, uh, vet show, excuse me, you have a couple of tats and uh, I saw the cross rifles, which next to crossed arrows is the best, uh, you know, tattoo <laughs> there is. But is there a favorite of yours? Oh, man. Uh, probably the first one that I got that my wife and I designed. It's, it's a cross with a sword in the middle mm-hmm. and it's uh, based on Matthew ten thirty four and the idea that when Jesus said, I didn't come uh, to bring peace, but a sword. And of course he meant that sort of when, when you, when you truly believe and you truly invest, it's not going to be easy, but you're doing it for, uh, for, for the King of Kings. So I, that, that one right on my forearm is the one that's most special. Right next to it is a tattoo I got in Bethlehem for one of the, one of the um, Fox nation specials I did called battle in Bethlehem about the birthplace of Jesus, how it's being, you know, Christians are being pushed out. But one of the last Christian, the only Christian tattoo artist, the only tattoo artist uh, in Bethlehem gave me a tattoo that says Jesus in Hebrew. And um, that was a pretty cool one to get. I think it's the only interview I've ever done while getting tattooed. So <laughs> that's cool. I, you know, of all the times I've been to Israel, I've never seen a tattoo shop there. Well, that's not really a thing. It's not so it, but, but for Christians who go there on a pilgrimage, they often want to get, uh, a small cross tattoo. And so he mm-hmm. has been doing that for years. And uh, we found out about him through the media and went and interviewed him. The scary part was he really couldn't talk freely. He talked freely with me off camera, but not on camera because, uh, and we, we spoke on camera, but he had to be very careful because he faces such intimidation from Islamist groups there, uh, even just to exist. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny because you, you mentioned the cross tattoo I know this wasn't on our list of questions to talk about, but, you know, just uh, last week we had the National Day of Prayer. And how is it a National Day of Prayer doesn't mention God once? I know. Unbelievable. Uh, it, it's uh, oh, it's it's indicative. First of all, we don't even know if Joe Biden wrote it, uh, but at, at the end of the day, he delivered it and he should be aware enough to know what he's doing. I mean, it's indicative of where the modern Democrat Party is. They've tried to strip got out of their party platform multiple times only to barely eke it in and you've got a real condescension to people of faith from the elites and in the media um we're already erasing god from so many parts of our culture mm-hmm. uh you, but who are you praying to if not to god on the national day of prayer so that was <laughs> that was pretty pathetic and um sad to see yeah um it was but you know that's again that's just from my opinion, but uh, I'm sure you agree with that. Pete, I, I know that, uh, you know, time is short with you and we had to get you out by a certain time. So we're right up against that. I wish I could sit here and shoot the breeze with you all day, but I know you're busy. We want to thank you all for joining us today. Um, you know, from soft rep, everyone here at soft rep. Thanks you. Thanks for all you do for our veterans community and, and keep going with, uh, you know, uh, uh, especially that i love that show um modern warriors we'll keep but, doing uh, it we'll keep doing it yeah sure. fox and friends on the weekends and and uh we'll be definitely tuning in but thanks again for joining us we really appreciate it thank you steve my pleasure thanks for all you guys do okay
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the capital region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Well, we're back here on Software Up Radio. We hope everyone enjoyed our uh, interview. Although it was a little short, we, we crammed a lot in there with Pete Hegseth. And right now, uh, joining me at the mic is uh, Software Up's own Sean Spoons, our managing editor. And we're going to explain to you listeners out there why Pete was on the show and what we were talking about with Fox Nation. And we're going to get into all that before, before we do. Sean, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, thank you, Steve. It was really fun. That was a that was a good interview. Um, Pete's uh, Pete's a great guy. Nice job yeah, on nice job on that nice job on that scoop. You almost got it out of him. He's going to run for for <laughs> so that was, go, go for the yeah. go for the scoop. Go for the scoop. I I thought we were going to get an exclusive there. You know, he, he seemed to hesitate for a second, but uh, no, that was great. I mean, uh, you know, hey, Sean, Pete is a great guy. You know, and uh, that's why I figured I'd, I'd lead off with asking because we all know, I mean, his bravery is not even in question. I mean, he, he was an infantry guy in Iraq, Afghanistan. He worked in Gitmo. But for him to go on on the live TV and hook himself up to a machine like he was giving birth, 
on uh, Fox and Friends on the weekend. That's why I said, hey, man, you got my vote. So uh, hats off to you. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, really. No, I always, I've always enjoyed uh, watching my Fox and kind of watched him sort of like come into his own there on the channel. So I remember, remember him doing that maniac seal swim thing across the you know, Hudson yeah. River and stuff in the yard. It was amazing. Like that water's cold and it's hard. The current's strong. Yeah, he he mentioned that, and uh, you know uh, that's uh, that is not a swim for the faint of heart. So no, no, not at all. Um, but we're here to talk about you know what we've been seeing here on Fox Nation, which is the the reason for this show this week is this really great offer that they are making uh, during this week of Memorial Day. It's a it's a year free of Fox Nation for active duty and veterans. Um, it's really easy to sign up for. I don't know why anybody wouldn't. It's a free year of Fox Nation. And you could probably spend that year just trying to watch all the stuff that's that's on this uh, on this service because it's it's really, really good stuff. It is. And uh you know it's uh again to reiterate what Sean was just saying, Fox Nation is free for one year to all military members and veterans if you sign up between Monday May 24th and Monday, uh, May 31st. So there you go. I mean, uh, I think that is outstanding. And, and, you know, we've been going through all the shows and we reviewed quite a few of our listeners out there for soft rep. They're going to see reviews on all these shows. And these were just some of the ones that we picked out that we believe that you will like. But as Sean was just saying, there is a plethora of shows on Fox Nation. You can, like he said, I think you could spend uh, a month watching something different every day. Yeah. I mean, not only a plethora, but a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, some of the stuff I really ended up liking is uh, binge watching, in fact, was the Patriots Almanac that, that has Bill Benning to be the Secretary of Education under the Reagan administration. And this is a, you know, these are like these two minute on this day in history kind of vignettes. And uh, they're very interesting. And I'm a history buff like you. And there was stuff in there I just never knew. You know, like they called Miami the Magic City. I was born and raised in Miami. I never knew that. But that, that was the nickname for Miami was the Magic City. So all of these things, these little two minute vignettes are about about things in American history we don't even know about sometimes. And they're fascinating. You start watching them, you just can't stop. Um, so that's definitely something you want to check out. And there's like 365 of them. So you'll be you'll be buried in them. Um, another one is the, the Tucker Carlson stuff. He's got these in-depth reports that are on this show. They're really good. They just did one on the AR-15, which was really good. It's a demystifying kind of coverage of what the AR-15 is and how it's used. Uh, it's, it's very, very interesting to watch. And, and if you're somebody who doesn't know much about firearms and you want to know, it, it really takes some of the mystery out of the AR-15 and why it's the most popular um, rifle in the country. So that's that's definitely one to, to check out as well. Yeah, and you know, uh, the one that really struck home with me is one that, as, you know, uh, one of the shows that I reviewed in the Hero Dogs and as everyone who knows me knows, I'm I'm a huge dog lover. I think dogs are the, you know, definitely man's best friend. But th this show, I mean, they had some uh, 
working animals on there that, you know, it's not just military dogs. There was dogs that work with the police. There were dogs that work with fire. There was, um, you know, um, one of them was a yellow lab. And the, the story will bring, I, I'm telling you guys right now, our listeners out there, that, that story about the yellow lab will bring tears to your eyes. Um, it was really, really well done. And of course, they it starts off. You can't talk about hero dogs without talking about Cairo, who was on the Bin right. Laden raid. But there were so many others, and you know, like uh, Cairo's handler told us in uh, in that show. You know, Cairo's story didn't begin and end with the Bin Laden raid. It, he was a hero long before that, and yeah. he, he was actually wounded in accident. That that one I really liked, and of course the show with Pete, Modern Warriors, just absolutely fantastic. Uh, when he had the special ops guys on there, a couple of Navy SEALs, Green Beret, and a Army Ranger, uh, that was probably my favorite episode. And uh, you know, uh, Pete was saying that <laughs> that was a fun one for him as well. Brennan Webb liked that one a lot too. I understand that there's a new episode coming out for Memorial Day, so. Um, I always look forward to those as well. I really like the idea of history coming to us in the voices of the people who participated in it. You know, for a long time, history books were written by historians. Mm -hmm. And now, because of the way the modern media technology exists, now now the stories can be told by the people who were there, who were the participants. They don't have to be writers. They don't have to access to publishing houses. Um, they can get in front of a camera with a moderator like Pete and tell their stories in a very uh, real way. An example of that is one of the documentaries they have on Fox Nation. They did a really, really good one about the Battle of Mogadishu. And and one of the things I liked about that is is that it was a story with the participants of the battle being interviewed. And they got the right people to talk about uh, that battle as well. And they didn't use any reenactors. They had enough combat footage to actually move that story without going with any kind of reconstructive reenactment kind of stuff in that, in that documentary, which I think made it really good. And it's a very nice tight narrative. You come out of that thing really with, I think a better understanding of how that battle went than, than maybe even you did from a movie like Black Hawk Down. I think you actually get a better narrative out of, out of the battle of Mogadishu um, as a chronology and how it all worked. Then, then you really even get with that Hollywood blockbuster movie, which is a phenomenal movie. It's like one of the best war movies ever made. But the, the documentary is is really, really good. You like the sports coverage, too. I know that they do a lot. Of yeah. Sports, you're a sport, uh, you're a sports well, yeah. Uh, you know, having covered the NFL and b- being uh, able to, you know, work f- with the New England Patriots at times. And uh, one of the guys I really, really admire is Jim Gray. And Jim Gray you know, his, his show on Fox nation talking with goats and it's not the, you know, like the movie, you know, the men who talk to goats, this is talking about, you know, talking with the greatest of all time in different sports. And, you know, yeah. he did one with Tom Brady. He does one with, uh, you know, it just goes on and on and on. And Jim Gray is one of the best sports interviewers because he has that way, he has that manner about him that I really admire because he can talk to somebody and actually be friends with him. he's friends with a lot of the people that he's interviewed and given tough interviews with 
guys like Tom Brady, Mike Tyson, mm. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali's family still talks about Jim Gray like he's a member of the family. And these are the mm. kind of shows that you're going to get on Fox Nation. And that, to me, was a really, really good one. Well, one of our guys, you know, um, Matt loved the Laurel Organ stuff about the board. Yes. That was I've, – I've had a chance to watch that, and it's it's really – it's not coverage you'll see in any other network. No, nobody's doing anything as in depth on on what's going off the board in terms of the crisis of it, uh, like she has. And that lady is absolutely fearless. I've yes, I've seen her reporting for years, and there is, she's like unstoppable, um, yeah. almost almost crazy in terms of her <laughs> you know commitment to get into a story. Um, I've seen her get roughed up a few times trying to cover yes. a story. I mean, she's in she's fact amazing. in Egypt. In Egypt, it, it got scary. I mean, yeah. what happened to her was, there during? Yeah, I mean, that, you got to talk about somebody who wants to get a story that bad. I mean, that is—you almost watch it just because you know there's nobody as committed to trying to get into it as her. <laughs> Have you watched yeah. any of the secret history stuff? That's really good. Some of the, the no, I haven't been stuff. able to watch those. I, I watched some of uh, the Fox Outdoors. Um, yeah. I watched some of Lara Logan stuff, as you know. You just mentioned um, that's a great series. There's some good stuff in there. Um, and and then uh, I, I think you mentioned it earlier, or you might have you may have mentioned it before we went on. We were talking about the uh, the uh, Valley of Sin. Yeah, that's part of their crime reporting um, section, and that one that one you have to watch. Don't watch before you go to bed because it'll give you it'll give you nightmares. It's about it's about you remember the McBucky preschool trial back in what was it, the early nineties was out in California where they roped up all these people on these you know trumped up false accusations of child molestation and they you know put people in prison and then it all thing came apart and they had to let all these people out. It turned out they were completely innocent. Well, they ended up doing this again. The same thing happened in this town in. Washington State, small town, where they, you know, allegedly found twenty nine thousand instances of of child sexual abuse in this ring of pedophiles, and it all turned out to be nonsense, and none of that was true. And this is a, like a six part series that I just couldn't turn away from. It was so horrifying because you you can't help but identify with these people who were like falsely accused and their lives destroyed, and anybody who spoke up and said, look, you know, this is bad. They didn't end up getting charged, too. There was, a, there was a pastor in a church who was saying, look, this isn't, this is bad what we're doing and this is wrong. Next thing you know, he's being charged, which was horrifying. And I'm not going to go through the ending of the thing, but it, 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 does, it does end up working out pretty well. But it's an example of just how awesomely terrifying the power of a state can be when it's directed at someone and the, and the Government has to be very careful about pointing its awesome power and authority at, at people because it's so hard to turn it around once it's been directed at you. It, it's almost, you know, they say you can't take a bullet back after it's fired. And it works like that with these things, too. Once they get on the direction that they're on, it's almost impossible for them to stop. And it just keeps going and going and going and going. And dozens and dozens of people have their lives ruined. By, by these false accusations. And the worst accusation that you can literally have leveled against you, really. Um, and, and you just, oh God, 
was awful. And it's, and it didn't happen in New York or Chicago or so. It happened in this little town where this whole thing happened, where you wouldn't think this sort of power could exist and be put to such abusive means. But it, but it did. And it's, it's a really, it's a really hard thing to watch because you're just like a mix of anger and, and frustration. And what were they thinking? Is it there anybody to say, stop, this is ridiculous. I mean, it was, it, it's really something to watch. It's very, very well done. It's, I think that it's called Valley of Sin. So if you, um, if you haven't seen it or if you have, make sure you, you mentioned in the comments here on the podcast, but I was, I was very moved by what I saw there. I was like angry too. At, at the abuses of government authority there. But on a lighter note, let's talk about Destination Chernobyl. <laughs> 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 See, you know me, we talk about this. I love documentary series. I mean, I really do. And this one, I'm, I'm big. Chernobyl happened while I was still in the military, and that was a big mystery about what was going on because, of course, it's the Soviet Union and they lie. Um, but this, this takes you to Chernobyl and walks you through the, the actual town and Pripyat um, brings you basically right up to where the reactor containment vessel is that they built around this thing, this huge French company. It's like the largest movable man-made structure on the planet. They spent like a billion dollars on it or something. But it's really, it's really interesting to, to go there with cameras now and see the sort of ghost region in the Ukraine that, that Chernobyl and Pripyat represent now in the world. They talk a little about the environmental damage. It's had some very weird environmental effects. Like there's no birds. There's no birds. <laughs> so but there's, you know, there's all those beautiful forces, there's no birds. Well, it's because there's no trees that grow berries. So there's no stuff for them to eat. And apparently even bugs haven't really returned to the area. So <laughs> they're, they're missing birds. So there's like, it's like this weird ecosystem that's growing and there's still stuff that's thriving there's wolves and elk and big huge deer and all this other stuff foxes but there's like pieces missing from the ecosystem that was caused by the, the intense radiation i mean i can't remember what the the number was but it was something like 500 hiroshima bombs was the equivalent of it was like hitting, it was like hitting this town with 500 hiroshima bombs which is an unbelievable amount of radiation it's amazing it isn't just a big smoking hole still. Um, nature and life is pretty amazing the way it comes back. But it comes back different. You know, everything's got its DNA altered over there. And then there's actual tourism. I'm not sure I would go. I'm not sure no. I actually respect, no. I respect radiation. <laughs> <laughs> I respect no, radiation. No, I, I, you know, I, I want to visit a lot of places. But Chernobyl, it's not, yeah. on my, it's not at the top of my bucket list. Well, and I don't know if I would trust a Russian dosimeter to tell me how much radiation I had gotten. Exactly. You know, oh, you're fine. Yeah, well, Lincoln. see, you and I are close to the same age. So we grew up in that generation where, you know, I still kind of think of them guys as our enemy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know. We've turned into our grandfathers, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> old cold warriors now but back then it was our grandfathers who couldn't stand the japanese or the germans oh yes God, no i don't we'll never own a japanese car you know that kind of thing so yeah i know what you mean like we do get like that sometimes like out of russians you can't trust them you can't trust them which i don't think anyone would really disagree with us on anyway no especially so, uh the way things are going today but uh, an another really good show and it's been popular on other platforms duck dynasty 
is now part yeah. of Fox Nation. Yeah. You like that show? You're a fan of that? I've, ne- I've never been a big fan of it, but, you know, I've watched bits and pieces of it through the years because you're flipping through the dial and you see it on. And these were guys who were just, you know, good old country boys. <laughs> and they figured out a way to make themselves extremely, extremely wealthy. So hats uh, off they to were them. Doing, yeah, they had a business that was duck calls. Duck calls. They made they made duck calls. They're big duck hunters, and it turned into a thing. It took off as a business, and they were, you know, really. And then they got the show, and the family itself is so entertaining to watch that <laughs> you just can't turn it away. It's it's like don't start watching it because then you won't be able to not watch it. That's my exactly. advice. Because if you you get two or three episodes into, you're just like, okay, I want to know what's going to go on next. What happens with Willie? With yeah. Jim? And what happens? What happens after that last show? Yeah, it's. Duck Dynasty has been around a long time. Like I didn't know, I didn't realize how many seasons they had, but they're all on there. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't seen it or want to revisit it, it's all there on Fox Nation, which is which is pretty cool stuff. <laughs> pretty cool stuff. I, we and I we've watched shows on that network before, so I, I didn't realize the breadth and depth until I really started to look into it. And I was like, there's a lot of stuff here, a lot of nuggets, um, a lot of. Even some of these small shows, some of these small documentaries, I love the paintball one they did. Paintball Nation, I, that was that was like great, fun show to watch um, about the history of this game with one of these teams that's been around since like the very beginning, like going back into the 80s. I played, I don't know if you had that kind of stuff recreationally available to you on Army bases, but when I was a youngster back in the Navy, we weren't allowed as a rescue worker, we weren't allowed to play any contact sports. We weren't allowed to play football or any of that stuff because you're working up to a deployment and you get hurt, you can't go. So they would court-martial you for unnecessarily hazarding government property with your broken <laughs> shoulder playing football. So we, they had paintball guns in Norfolk. And we'd go running around the woods with these single-shot paintball guns and shoot it. It was great fun. And this is back in like Geez, 1984, 85. And um, now it's like a sport. There's millions and millions of people who play this. It's great recreation. And I played paintball with my son for about seven, seven, eight years and then played with a, a team of veterans. And it was really, it was great fun. It was, it was very, very fun times. Camping with them in the field and playing these games and shooting at people. Everybody gets up afterward and they're fine. Um, but it's a real adrenaline rush. It really is. And a lot of fun, but this this story about this paintball team is really fun. About them um, going all the way from the 1980s. This, this, these guys were called the Master Blasters, and they they've been a team forever. And then it takes them up to Chicago to these national championships. But it's a, it's fun to watch. It's a, it's a really kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, Definitely well, check that one, one of, out if you have a chance. One of the other smaller uh, shows that I like is is involved with different years in the calendar it's called who can forget and uh oh, yeah. yeah yeah who can forget 1969 and they're talking about woodstock abbey road with the beatles the first moon landing easy rider charlie manson yep. and chappaquiddick all happened in 1969 i think my well, favorite yeah. one was 1980 though so that was that was a good one but I mean, what, Ronald Reagan? Who can forget now, Ronald Reagan? Yeah, eighty-seven. Yeah, hey, you know, with uh, Ollie North and you know, well, yeah, Iran Contra and all that. 
What do you uh, what do you remember about the moon landing? Where were you when the Apollo landed? You remember? You know, when I was a kid, I was enthralled with this, you know, NASA and the the entire space thing. I, I think like every other kid back then, I wanted to be an astronaut. And you know, back then you were plugged into ABC because uh, um, now I'm forgetting his last name, Jules. Somebody. Uh, used to be the science reporter for ABC. And, okay. um, uh, oh, I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Now it's just gone. But, it was uh, Eric Severide. It was Eric Severide did the launches, wasn't it? I'm not sure. But uh, yeah. on ABC, yeah, I mean, you know, you, they take you through. And I remember glued to my parents' television set, watching the guys land on the moon. And, and then, you know, watching Neil Armstrong go down. I mean, those were incredible days, you know, and the technology, you know, has increased so much that, you know, the, the computer that was on board, those guys landing on the moon had one megabyte of uh, memory. Right. Your cell phone (laughs) right now is more powerful than everything NASA had for the entire program. In 1969. Well, I was uh, 1969. I was just a, I was an elementary school kid, and I remember being woken up out of bed by my mother with my sister, who had some people over at the house, and they were all huddled around like a 13-inch black and white television set. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know why I was being woken up, and she said they're going to walk on the moon, and I was like, okay. And I went outside because I thought I could see it. I figured. I thought I could see the moon. I could see him walking out. I had no idea how big it actually was. And I remember being brought back inside to watch. And they're like, would you go outside? Because I thought I could, aren't they going to walk on the moon? Can you see them? And then I watched it. But I thought it was marveling now as an adult to imagine that we flew to the moon. And everybody here in this country was watching it on a 13-inch black and white television set. You know, <laughs> they went to the moon and we watched it on a little cathode ray tube TV. A 13-inch television is in is in the back of your suburban now. You know, yeah. it's 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 uh, hanging up in a minivan. It's not even it's not a TV. Back then, that was like you were laying some money out for a television. It was a lot. Of, it was a lot of money, and. Um, no, those, the uh, Who Can Remember series, that's, or Who Can Forget series, those are really good. Well, what about Nixon was really good, too, because I remember that. Oh, yeah. Not, the, the, not the year, yeah, 1974 with the whole Nixon thing. And again, I remember, you know, because I was in school then, and, you know, we're seeing it on the news play out every night, and we're, we're trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And, yeah. you know, you you grow up believing nobody in our government does anything bad it's people in other governments and uh yeah you know, that, that rap. all that stuff Nixon gets a bad rap <laughs> <laughs> too soon is that too soon for me to say yeah. he gets a bad rap so yeah well no he did some amazing stuff i, I mean the um he signed a permanent he signed permanent action into law um he was the guy that also he and Henry Kissinger did that did that thing where they split China away from the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. which was which was really something. Now I don't know if opening up China was such a good idea in retrospect to look <laughs> forward, but he took an awful lot of pressure off the United States militarily by by 
getting China and Russia to look at each other as adversaries instead of allies, um, especially after what had happened in you know places like Korea and Vietnam and Southeast Asia. So he he was he was pretty pretty smart, tactically minded, um, but he but he had some but he had some other problems. I've read some stuff though that said that that whole Watergate thing was about about him being paranoid about the election being stolen from him. They went into that Watergate hotel to look for evidence that the Democrats were trying to pull some kind of flim flam in that election. And boy, did it come back to bite him. I mean, he wasn't directly involved. He just knew about it after right. the fact and didn't say, okay, guys, sorry. You know, you did this in my name. Can't do that. I'm going to have to, you know, have to cut you loose. But instead he tried to, he basically tried to cover for him and that's what killed him. You know, history has forgotten that he wasn't directly involved, but he was involved in as an accessory after the fact. I mean, the right thing, obviously, would have been to say, okay, probably you can't go breaking into hotels to try and find out if, you know, the, the, there's election fraud going on, which is kind of interesting given the last election we had. The, yeah. same, kind of, it, the same kind of issues came up, but there wasn't, there wasn't a, you know, Watergate break-in. There was a break-in into Congress, basically. So it's, it's uh, yeah, gone a lot farther. Uh, yeah, there, there is a ton of shows on Fox Nation, as we've been going through, and there's a lot more than we're. I mean, we could spend probably two days on here talking about all the different shows, but we encourage all our ones, listeners. We'd, we'd be the only ones talking about it after two days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, we we encourage all our listeners to check out the offer from Fox Nation, um, um, and definitely, definitely sign up to get a free year there. I I don't think for a second you're going to be disappointed there's a lot of great reporting on there and i think it's stuff that our listeners it's going to resonate with yes if you're a software listener don't wait sign up we'll have a link into the uh, in the podcast text for you it's a really it's a no gimmick offer it's a year for free of fox nation you got absolutely nothing to lose and there's some really great programming there i think you'll enjoy as much as we have so on behalf of software uh, I'm going to sign out, Steve, over to you, and you can you can take us out. All right. Well, we want to thank everyone for listening today. Uh, thanks to our earlier guest, Pete Hegzit from uh, Fox News, and uh, who was outstanding. And for myself and Sean and all of us here at SoftRep, don't turn that dial, folks. we got plenty of podcasts coming up. we got some great stuff coming up for you in the very near future. And t- check out our articles with the uh, the the Fox takeover uh, for the soft rep this week. And we'll be back with another podcast in the very near future. Until then, keep that, uh, keep it going. Soft rep radio on time on target. We'll be back. been listening to soft rep radio does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.